The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded January 22nd, 2021. Enjoy! Welcome to the February edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Hugh, Joe, Joe, Hugh, Lou, La, Poo, Poo. How are you guys doing? I must have blinked because January disappeared. I think we got another defective year. It doesn't have enough minutes in the hours. Uh, well, we'll check that out. If we got a problem, we'll send it back for a warranty replacement. But for now, we're going to move on. Well, what apparently think Caitlin that? thinks she's Dr. Seuss there too. So we better get into the tax before we My get carried away. My world thinks I'm hilarious. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, what did you... Tell us about the first topic, Caitlin. Yeah, yeah. So it's talking about kids and surviving COVID. Some of us may have taken uh, training courses, maybe at the college's university, and we're looking at getting a tuition tax credit when claiming our uh, our taxes and doing our tax return this year. Well, good, good news. It just became all that better to claim tuition amounts on your taxes. Why? Because this is the first year we're going to have access to claiming an amount under the Canada Trading Credit. So, so what's going on? Well, first off, in the past, if you would have paid an amount, say, you know, $1,000 for a course for which you're claiming the tuition amount, you would have got a credit of 15% of that back. So 150 bucks back as a credit. Federal this, anyways. Uh, federal, yeah. This year, however, because of the Canada Trading Credit, we're going to be able to get up to half of our first $500 back as a credit, as essentially a rebate. So in my example, we're talking 250 bucks back as a credit. Now, the remaining amount, the 750 bucks, would still be eligible for that federal tuition tax credit. So 15% of that, what, you know, like 113 bucks or so that you get back. So this year, we're looking at 250 plus 130, 115. So we're like, what? $360 uh, back as a credit this year versus last year when it wasn't nearly as much. So definitely uh, more incentive to make sure we're claiming those tuition and related amounts on our personal returns. I think, Caitlin, uh, one of the other key points about this, this $250 potential that you can get, it's only available if with during the 2019 year you actually filed a return and you had between ten and about $147,000 yeah. of income as well, then you're eligible for it. And if you don't use that that amount this year, the two fifty, dollars then it carries forward to next year. Yeah, so take a course next year. It doesn't expire. <laughs> if you're not sure if you have the two fifty, dollars well, check your notice of assessment or go to my account online and check it out there. Uh, well, one thing a lot of our employers are checking out is their T4 filings because that's getting close. End of February, they got to be in. And this year, they got new stuff to worry about. Were they taking advantage of the temporary wage subsidy? Early on in the pandemic, the government said, hey, if you meet the criteria, we'll let you short us up to 25,000 bucks of tax you withheld from your employees. Now we got to figure out how that goes on the T4. Well, I still withheld the money from my employees' wages. Obviously, we're not going to short them. So the T4 is still going to have the full withholding. But now I go to do the T4 summary and I withheld 100,000 bucks, but I only got 75,000 bucks in my CRA account. Whoops. That was deemed to be remitted, but if I didn't file my PD-27 form and CRA hasn't processed it yet, they don't know I was deemed to remit it. So they've said 
we're going to use that PD-27 to reconcile. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking I'm supposed to put, I owe you 100000 bucks. You already have 100000 bucks. I don't owe you any more. And hopefully if they haven't processed the PD-27 yet, they process it before they send out discrepancy reports saying, how come you said you sent in a hundred grand, but we've only got 75 grand. I think it's going to be an interesting year. On the plus side, if they're not expecting to have those issues, they're going to find out pretty quick how many they have. Yeah. So in other words, on that remitted line for the T4 summary, you're going to have your 75 that you contributed plus the 25 added to it. So the full hundred will be considered remitted for the purposes of that form. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on to the next item, actually not really moving on, but that PD-27, you know, if you actually did file it incorrectly, there's many reasons why that could have happened. Uh, you know, it's, it's a brand new form. So now you need to fix it. How do you do it? Uh, if you look at CRA site, you're not going to find an answer to it. So what I did is I went into my business account for video tax news and I used the submit an inquiry service. And I asked them, how do I amend a PD-27? And they actually responded seven days. So pretty good. In writing and they basically said send in a new PD-27 with the correct numbers and in the additional comments uh, section at the very bottom that's where you're going to say this is a replacement for one sent in previously this is why you know that sort of thing so it is possible you just got to basically send it in again so you know what thank you for the quick response there and that submit an inquiry service is just fantastic so mm -hmm. good on you available through represent a client as well. Mm -hmm. Hugh what do we got next or Caitlin? Yeah, you know what, let's talk about electronic signatures. Yeah. Um, so if you got your tax return filed by an accountant, you would have had to sign this T183. And last year, CRA allowed us to electronically sign that T183, presumably to limit this face-to-face -face interactions to deal with this COVID uh, pandemic and these COVID issues. Well, that was temporary relief. So the question we're dealing with is this year, can we still use electronic signatures? Signatures. And CRA has just recently come out and say, yes, we are going to extend this relief to use electronic signatures on these T183s for the 2021 tax filing season. So presumably for the next few months, we're not quite sure how far the 2021 tax filing season extends to, but for at least the time being, we should be good to go there. And it is also important to note that the government is pursuing a legislative change to allow electronic signatures uh, permanently into the future. But we need those, uh, those rules to change, the laws to change to allow for that. Well, at least what you get one more year for sure that you don't have to look at your accountant. So that's clearly a positive benefit. Uh, now, as those returns start rolling in, I'm expecting to see a lot of questions from my clients that might have some international connections because a lot of foreign governments, just like our Canadian government, sent out money to people during the COVID pandemic and everybody did it a little bit differently. You might remember all the news out of the US early on, Here's a stimulus check for everybody. Well, Hong Kong just said they're going to be sending out some checks to their citizens, residents, some of whom may not live in Hong Kong, could be in Canada. So someone asked CRA, is this thing going to be taxable? And CRA said, well, let's look at what we actually got here. Why is it getting paid? Well, it's getting paid to everybody because of the COVID pandemic and because of some concerns over internal issues that also affected the economy in Hong Kong. 
So you're not getting it to replace wages. You're not getting it to replace business income. You're not really getting it for any income-related purpose. Well, then it doesn't come from a source of income, and it's not taxable, which is the same thing they said about those U.S. stimulus checks. So I got to do my homework and figure out what it was for. If it's like the CERB here that was to replace employment or business income, yeah, that one is taxable. But if it's just everybody gets a check, it looks like everybody gets a Canadian tax-free check, even if they live here. Not bad. And I think, um, Hugh, you bring up a really good point. As we get busier with these uh, personal returns that we're going to be completing, if you're a public accountant, you know, we're going to start seeing more of these weird, wonderful checks that our clients are getting, you know, maybe from other jurisdictions, maybe from, you know, provinces, territories. And now might be the time when we have a little bit more time to investigate and research. What are the tax treatments of these weird, wonderful payments? Especially if your practice has a lot of people who have connections to a specific foreign country. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now, I, I wanted to change the topics here and just talk about beneficial ownership disclosure. And, uh, you know, this is a big thing across the world. It's actually, you know, it, it's more than a trend. It's a movement uh, where, you know, countries want to and the public want to know who exactly owns or has interest in different corporations. So we, we see legislation in the UK uh, where basically you can look up uh, the financial statements for pretty much any corporation there. And uh, not just the financial statements, but who are the directors. You can look up addresses, uh, birth dates, um, uh, encumbrances, all sorts of information. It's already happening in the UK. In the United States, January 1st, they just passed a bill that would do similar types of things. Uh, you know, the information won't be available to the public, but all law enforcement agencies. And, uh, you know, that's private corporations, LLCs, etc. Even foreign corporations that are registered to do business in the United States. So, you know what? It's happening across the world. In Canada, we've got a project started to figure out what we're going to do. But that's we got time for today. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. The preceding information is for general informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.